Welcome to the Leadership on Demand podcast presented by the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina located in historic downtown Charleston. I'm Colonel Tom Clark, Executive Director of the Krauss Center, and we are proud to share an inside look at the training, thinking, and experiences of principal leaders. Since 1842, the Citadel has produced principal leaders in all walks of life, and we look forward to sharing some of what makes the Citadel a strong and unique institution with you today. On this week's episode of Leadership on Demand, we will take a behind-the-scenes look at principal leadership training with special guest Colonel Robert Pickering. Colonel Pickering will discuss supporting academic success and reinforcing the strength of the Citadel through thoughtful approaches to diversity and inclusion. I'm today's host, Lieutenant Colonel Ted Feening from the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel. This podcast was sponsored in part by our friends at Spider Exchange Traded Funds. Thanks for joining today's Leadership on Demand podcast. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Leadership on Demand podcast. I am here today with Colonel Robert Pickering just outside the Student Success Center in Thompson Hall. Good morning, Colonel Pickering. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm great. You know, our podcast uh, helps show our listeners a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at principal leadership at the Citadel. Why don't you tell our audience uh, what it is that you are up to here at the Citadel? Oh, good. Sure. So I am fortunate to... uh to come back and work here about a year after graduation. So I currently direct our Student Success Center, but most recently I've been asked to uh, take on the role of Chief Inclusive Excellence Officer here at the Citadel. So those are my uh, main focuses right now. And what year did you graduate? I graduated in 1994. All right, what company? I was in Tango Company. Tango Company, all right. And uh, what, in your estimation, I always like to start the podcast with the same question, which is, what do you think prevents the Citadel from being the most excellent version of itself? What, what is it that we, what stumbling blocks do we have in our way from being a, a, a tr- the truly excellent institution we can be? Um, good question. You know, I think we learn as we go. We've been at this thing for a long time, and, and each year we get uh, a different group of students in with different challenges. So uh, adjusting to their needs, but, but maintaining our standards and... Uh, just striving to meet that mission. So making those adjustments along the way. Are, what what are kind challenge. of, uh, what's an example of, of a student need that might change the way that we manage our, our, our mission success? Let's see. So, you know, I'm, I'm at a stage right now where I've got a high school senior. So I'm looking at this from uh, a parent perspective mm-hmm. as well as an employee. So I look at my son and his generation and they're, they're a lot different. Um, you know, I've tried to raise my kids the same way my parents raised me, but realizing they're going into a different world. Right. So, you know, making sure that the values that, that I was taught um, growing up, the values that were reinforced here at the Citadel, I think we're at a point now where, where we're teaching those values as well as reinforcing right now. So that's one of the challenges. So what you're saying is that the students aren't necessarily showing up with some exactly. of the same values. Exactly. What what is what are some examples of those values? You know, I, <clears throat> you mean you're talking work ethic or you're talking attitude or or is it just the sort technology of, makes you less uh, interpersonally engaging or all of the above? Interpersonal skills is, is the big one I think. You know, I grew up saying yes sir and yes ma'am to to any adult. Um and that's just the way it was. Sure. These students now don't necessarily do that. And that's something that they have to learn here and learn that it's just a polite way of interacting, mm-hmm. not just a response to somebody in uniform. Right. So, you know, it's something as simple as that or going that extra mile. Um, that's something that we have to 
to bring out of students now, where before, you know, students were willing to go that extra mile. It's a different this, this generation is going to ask a lot of questions, and, and, <laughs> and it usually starts with why. Yeah. You know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Sure. And so it takes a little more time to, to actually sit down and explain how going through this system is going to make them a better person and, and just trust in the system. Right. Yeah. So part of that system is the Student Success Center. Can you yes. explain? There are a lot of folks who listen to this podcast everywhere from alumni to prospective students, the Board of Visitors, everybody listens to the podcast. Uh, what is the Student Success Center? When did it start? What does it do? Right. Uh, what difference does it make here at the Citadel? So we, we do quite a bit, um, and, and we provide the, the resources that students need to, to reach the academic goals that they set for themselves. Okay. You know, our, our mission is simple. We want to make sure that students get what they need to graduate, hopefully on time. And so we provide quite a few services here. Uh, we have our subject area tutoring. So in many of the courses, and we identify those courses a lot of times based on DFW rates, uh, courses where traditionally students struggle. Um, that's a DFW rate? So that's when we look at grades each semester, mm -hmm. we look at courses that have a high, um, many grades with D, mm -hmm. withdrawals, or Fs. Oh, DFW, DFW. not Dallas-Fort Worth, but D, F, or withdrawal. DFW, that's it. right. Okay. So we look at those rates to determine where we need to provide additional yeah. courses. And we look at some of the traditionally challenging courses. Of course, we have a lot of students who are STEM majors who struggle a little bit in, in the math and science. So sure. we want to make sure that we have the additional services available there. So do you have to staff the Student Success Center with a, with a sort of second level of, I mean, it must take an awfully broad array of instructors. Yes, yeah, so we, we have some professional tutors, um, but we, we primarily hire our cadets. So students who've done well in a particular course um, have the time and the ability to tutor. We provide that opportunity for them to work here. That's a paid opportunity for those is. cadets. So if you're excellent Definitely. in engineering or some particular type of math or writing, right. then then you tutor. Is it? I mean, I guess you can tutor any age group, a freshman to seniors, all Absolutely. get tutored. Okay. Yes, um, we usually hire at the sophomore level, but every once in a while we'll have an exceptional freshman mm -hmm. uh, that we will consider hiring in the second semester. They have so many duties. As a freshman, we don't want to add anything to their. Is it, is it prim is a primarily is primary user as freshman knob and folks who are just getting adjusted to college life for the most part? But okay. we see, you know, all four classes sure. coming in. Um, I love to see the students who are doing really well mm -hmm. coming to the center. It sort of suggests the student that you don't have to come in the center just because you're not doing well in a course. But sometimes we have our honor students in here who have three point eight, three point nine grade point averages. And they're getting help with one of our writing tutors, right. you know, just to make sure that that 15-page paper that they're submitting is is where it needs to be. That's that's great. Yeah. Uh, do you have any type of you identify uh, cadets who are good at math or good mm -hmm. at writing? Is there any sort of onboarding or training, or is there an expectation for how they engage with that yes. incoming uh, freshman that's having trouble? Absolutely. So we provide that training uh, before we sit students down to right. tutor. So we make sure that they understand the parameters that. They understand that this is a job and it's not the fourth class system. Right. We want to make sure that uh, they're not only knowledgeable and have the skill set to provide the, the guidance that they need with the classwork, but they understand that, hey, keep in mind, this is somebody who's struggling. You have to meet them where they are and you can't tutor where you are and right. just expect them to, to automatically pick up sure. and, uh, and learn from what you're doing. So you have to kind of feel them out and engage and, and, 
and again, meet them where they are. That's, uh, that's exciting for me to hear because if you're already an excellent student, uh, developing that skill of, of, of seeing someone for where they're actually at, Absolutely. meeting them there, and then training them from that stage, I mean, that, that, that sings to me. I love it. Uh, now, the other half of your job, you said it's the, what is the other title? So it's Chief Inclusive Excellence Chief Officer. Chief Inclusive Excellence yes. Officer. Yes. Okay. And in a lot of places, it's a Chief Diversity Officer. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and primarily in that role, we're looking at quite a few things. Uh, sort of the hub for our diversity efforts here on campus, um, cultural uh, celebrations. So our Black History Month, Women's History Month celebrations. Um I'm in charge of what's called our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council. Mm -hmm. So that's a group that's comprised of, of folks from all over campus. And, uh, and that group is going to help us kick off our cultural celebrations, some planning, uh, the execution. Sure. Um, I've well. seen some of, those, some of those things just excellent. The Daniel Library exhibitions. Yes, absolutely. Uh, sort of just promoting this idea that the Citadel is not monolithic. Right. Um, which, is, uh, which is tricky because the architecture is kind of monolithic, yes. you know. <laughs> And there is a sense of uniformity here, but uh, just like the federal services, uh, it's 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 sort of recognizing that what all of these different folks bring to the table right. actually strengthens the institution. Um, what does do you all get involved with? Um, not just celebrating what's happening nationally and what's happening here at the Citadel, but uh, recruiting efforts. Anything operational you guys do as well? Uh, we do. Um, as a matter of fact, we're we're working with our admissions office to help draft a plan to to increase. Uh, the number of underrepresented students, uh, females as well, uh, just looking at uh, <clears throat> things that we haven't done before, avenues or areas we can tap into, uh, making connections in the community. Again, I think if we expose more students to the opportunity of coming to the Citadel, uh, we'll, we'll have a lot more interest. Do you, you think know. that, do you think it's difficult to recruit diversity because there's a perception of the Citadel? And how do we how do we overcome some of these? Right. Uh, yeah, we, we work with all kinds of cadets over at the Cross Center, and it's mm -hmm. it's awesome. You know, it's right. great to see a variety of interests, a variety of backgrounds, um, and I just wonder what the larger perception may be outside the Citadel and how you communicate that. Right. And we do have to overcome some some of the history of, of the course, Citadel. Yeah. Um, but to me, I think the the bigger issue is is the fact that we're a military college. And not a lot of folks are interested in spending their four years of college in the military environment. Sure. In that, 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 uh, that weeds it right down. That's I mean, right. We're a very right. small subset exactly. of propensed students. But when you can get students to look at the, the outcome, the product that we produce, and they start thinking about, well, you know, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, and, and if we can get them to campus and kind of see... Uh, how, how successful our cadets are mm -hmm. um, and how su successful our graduates are, right. I think we, we begin to, to reach a whole different group of students. Sure. So the more we can do that, the, the more we'll be able to, to open our doors. You know, our, our campus is surrounded by gates. Yeah, gates you and know, walls. Exactly. Yeah, I live in the neighborhood adjacent here in Wagner Terrace, yeah. and folks don't know they can walk on campus exactly. to get a cup of coffee. It's right. incredible how... Uh, and perhaps it was designed at some point in time to feel that way, uh, but it is a public, it's a public it campus, a public college. And I grew up in this neighborhood, so I'm a product right of on. this community. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll be honest, the Citadel wasn't on my list. One, sure. it was too close to home, huh. and it was a military school. Right. Um, How'd you end up making that decision? Well, that's a good question. I, um, 
my my high school had a scholarship. I was the first person to receive that scholarship. It was a four year scholarship to come to the Citadel, and I really was not thinking about the Citadel. Um, I went to a college fair, and uh, a recruiter from the Citadel was there. He put some information in in my hands. I took it home, and I'm like, yeah, I'm still not convinced. You know, um, I knew where I wanted to go to school. I had a really short list. It was one school, and my parents. That? It was North Carolina A&T. Okay. Um, my parents said, hey, great. Shouldn't have any problems getting there, but you can't apply to just one school, son. And so I had the Citadel information right there. I had another school that I was thinking about, but so many of my friends from high school were going to that college. I'm like, man, that will be like high school part two. And sure. I'm just not interested in that. So, you know, December comes around and I still hadn't heard anything from a&T, and then I call, and I said, hey, man, we hadn't received your your transcript yet, so, you know, we're, we're pretty much met our out-of-state quota, so to Uh-oh. speak, so I had to go to Plan B, and I was fortunate that my parents made me apply to other schools, <laughs> um, so I decided, you know, I was down to two schools, I'd been accepted to the other two already, and uh, so I said, hey, I think I'm going to go to Citadel. I'm going to do something different. Um, and a few months later, I got the word that I'd received that scholarship. Right. So that kind of solidified it for me. And uh, best decision that that I ever made. What, what um, was what was you know coming on the campus? What was uh, surprising to you? Did you did you run into, into any issues as a as a as a person of color in matriculating to the Citadel at that time? I wouldn't say. You know, I think coming here was a little different for me. Um, my freshman year in high school, I delivered newspapers on campus. Oh, no way. So I was familiar with the campus. I met a lot of professors who were my customers. Um, so I kind of knew the campus, you know, more so than most folks. Sure. But what I didn't know was this thing called the fourth class system. Right. So that was a shock to me, <laughs> um, as, as it is with most, fo- most sure. folks who walk through the gates. So getting adjusted to that was, you know, for me, I, I guess about the same for everybody else, even though I was a little more comfortable with the campus. Sure. Um, I had a little advantage because I'd learned some things along the way, you know, doors that knobs couldn't go in and, you know, the buildings, I knew where everything was on campus. Um, but it was still a, a challenge. Sure. You know, things that that we deal with, as as underrepresented students, students of color sometimes. You know, when I was in school, Dixie was played after every, you know, parade, every touchdown. And getting my classmates to understand why I wasn't cool with that. Right. You know, took some time. Sure. But, you know, after every parade, Dixie would crank up and folks would start singing. And then we had a little song that we sang for for Tango Company. And uh, and then the guys would ask, well, Rob, you're not singing the tango song. What's wrong with the tango song? I said, man, I need you to understand. We're, we're here as, as one group, and that's where we're supposed to be. I have a hard time feeling like I'm a part of this this company when right before we sing that song, everybody's singing a song that I find offensive. Yeah. You know, so I want to be a part of the group. I feel like I'm a part of the group. But this is one of those times where it's a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. And I need you guys to understand. It's, it's nothing against you as individuals. 
but I need you to be that voice for me. And I need you to help, you know, other folks understand why it's, why it's important for me and other folks like me that, that we kind of move away from some of these traditions. You know, this place is, is built on traditions. Right. And we're not trying to change, you know, traditions, but, but some of them we need to move on from. Right. Right. To make this place a more welcoming environment for everybody. Yeah. So I made the decision to come here fully knowing the history of the Citadel. Right. Um, knowing that, you know, we, we fought on the Confederate side of the Civil, sure. of the Civil War. So, again, I understand the school's history, but let's... You know, let's move on. Right. It's, it's really to fantastic to hear that story because as opposed to some of the stories you hear about uh, really early um, matriculation mm -hmm. of people of color who had just very difficult, yes. uh, overtly, right in your face, racist, horrible things happen to them. Um, now, here you are as a student in the, in the 90s on the offense. You're saying, hey, guys, I see this for what it is. It's not right. Right. And if we're going to be a better, stronger citadel, let's let's all row together. I mean, let's all do this together the same way. And that's uh, that's kind of a it's a very cool uh, point in history to become into the citadel, actually. Oh, yeah. And I mean, right after you left was a very complex period exactly. for the citadel in terms of inclusion as well. Yes. So, um, you know, how did you? You were a young graduate, I guess, and you were working here. Yeah, I came back a year after graduation. Okay. So, uh, ninety-five. Oh boy, busy time. Yeah, it was a busy time. It was an interesting time to be on the road recruiting. Sure. Um, a lot of opinions expressed out right. on the road. Um, for women coming to the Citadel, against women coming to the Citadel. And I think I, I looked at it this way. This is a mission. Um, I've got a job to do. And, and we're out here recruiting whoever's interested in the Citadel right now. So, right. Um, but it was an interesting time. Sure. And, you know, as a part of me had to, to realize that, you know, it wasn't too long ago that folks were having the same argument about folks who look like me. Isn't that interesting? You know, yeah. so it's, uh, yeah. And, and I, that, you know, I thought I'd be the only one in my family to have that single gender education experience. But ironically, my daughter decided to attend Columbia college. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and it recently, you know, moved away from the single gender. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, okay. uh, both Columbia college and Converse college were the only two single gender Colleges left in the state, and they are now both co-ed. I didn't know Converse was also yes. co-ed. Okay. So, uh, you know, but we have a unique experience of having that that four-year experience at a single-gender college. And so we see the value of it, but we also recognize that, you know, it's pro it probably wasn't sustainable. Right. Um, well, that is certainly an interesting time to start as a recruiting yes. officer at the Citadel, for sure. Uh, well... As we, as we wrap up here, I, I also want to ask you another question that I ask uh, anyone that's been a graduate of the school. Looking back, you know, knowing now uh, as a grown-up with their own kids getting ready to go off to college, what advice would you give that incoming freshman or, or anyone sitting in, a, in an undergraduate chair here at the Citadel that you wish you had known then that you know now? Good question. Um, you know, the advice I always give is don't take anything personal. Right. Um, trust the system. Don't don't fight the system every step of the way because there's a reason that you're doing everything that you're doing. You may not understand it now, but you'll understand it and appreciate it later. Um, but the advice I would give to these students is uh, 
open up. Um, don't be afraid to step outside of your box. Um, I limited myself in the four years that I was here. And, and by doing that, I limited opportunities and growth. So what we're trying to do now is get folks to step outside of their comfort zone so that they can grow a little bit. If you stay in your box, you'll be comfortable. Um, but if you step outside of that box and you embrace that discomfort that comes with that, that allows you to grow. And, and so by that, I mean, look at opportunities to study abroad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when the cultural celebrations, don't be afraid because you're not necessarily a part of that culture to be engaged and learn more about different cultures. Uh, don't be afraid to be the only one who's doing that. Um, you don't need a friend to, to uh, go with you. Uh, have the courage to, to go out and step out there and, uh, and explore different things. So we have so many more opportunities for students than we did when I was in school. Study abroad opportunities, internships. Uh, we're doing way more in terms of cultural celebration. So join clubs that you probably would not, you know, join. Right. Um, just so that you can learn more and it builds your resume. It, it shows an employer that you are a well-rounded individual, um, that you have the cultural confidence that they're looking for right. uh, to be that successful employee, um, and that you have those interpersonal skills because you can relate with folks from all over. It definitely demonstrates bravery, absolutely, uh, courage, as you said, mm -hmm. and that, that, that emotional intelligence to know that you're going to have to work in the real world with absolutely. all kinds of people, so you might as well. Uh, start learning those lessons That's here right. at the Citadel. Right. Well, Colonel Pickering, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for what you're doing here for these cadets, and uh, appreciate you being on our podcast. My pleasure. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Leadership on Demand podcast presented by the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel. You can find us online, and we welcome your feedback and suggestions on who you, our audience, would like to hear from in future episodes. Thank you for your time today. We hope you'll join us here again soon for another episode of Leadership on Demand.